0: A reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 1 through 4. The Pharisees and Sadducees came, and to test Jesus, they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. He answered them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky But you cannot interpret the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except for the sign of Jonah. Then he left them and went away. The word of God for the people of God. So uh, a few months ago, back in the fall of last year, I got a message from Allie Flores. Hi, hi, Allie. Uh, Allie is one of the young adults of, of the church. She sings in the choir. And uh, back in, in the fall of 2019, Allie sent me a message, and this is what the message said. The message that Allie sent me, it said, uh, Hey, Pastor Jeremy, you're a youper. Uh, have, you, have you ever heard of youper lights?" And I said, well, well, I am a Uper. I grew up in the Upper Peninsula. Uh, I spent a lot of my life in the UP, but I've never heard of lights, Allie. Tell me, what is a light." And, and Allie said, well, my friend was telling me that in the Upper Peninsula, there are these rocks called lights, and they glow in the dark. And I said, oh, oh, Allie. I said, somebody is pulling your leg. I said, I, I spent a good chunk of my life in the UP, and never in all the time that I was up here did I ever hear anything about magical rocks that that glowed in the dark. I said, I'm sorry, Allie, but you're going to have to get it pretty early in the morning to put one over on me. Uh, but Allie was adamant. She was adamant that this was a real thing, and so finally I decided to do a little bit of research and, and see what I could find out, and so I did some research. I looked into UProlites, and this is what I discovered. A, a couple years ago, back in 2018, there was this guy in the the UP. Uh, and, and he was into hunting for rocks, and, and he particularly wanted to find agates, Lake Superior agates. Now, agates are these, these beautiful rocks, but it's hard to tell that it's an agate until you get right up close to it. It can be hard to, to spot an agate on the beach uh, up at Lake Superior. And so this guy was looking for a new way to locate these rocks, and he had this idea. He thought, well, what if what if I went out at nighttime with a, a, an ultraviolet light? Maybe if I sh- shine an ultraviolet light on all of those rocks, the agates will, will pop out, and I'll be able to spot them more easily. And so he got himself a UV light. And then one night he went out to the beach somewhere between Grand Marais and Whitefish Point, And he started walking along the beach, shining his UV light on all of those rocks. And as he was walking along, he, he didn't find any agates but what he did find as he was walking along were all of these, these unusual rocks that were like nothing he had ever seen before. He found these rocks that under ordinary light just looked like ordinary gray stone. But when he shined the, the UV light on them, suddenly these, these rocks, they came alive. They started glowing like burning embers. They, they glowed as if they had a fire inside of them. And he thought this was so interesting that he took a few of these rocks and he sent them off to Michigan Tech University uh, to the geologist there. And he asked the geologist that at Michigan Tech, he says, what, what have I got? What have I found? And the geologists at Michigan Tech, they took a a look at these rocks and they said to him, well, we we can hardly believe it, but you've actually discovered something new. They said, you have found something that nobody knew was in Michigan. Nobody in Michigan has ever noticed these rocks before. They said they've they've been there for 14,000 years. These rocks have been there on the the beach, the shores of of Lake Superior, since the glaciers came and melted and formed the Great Lakes. But but nobody ever saw that they were there because nobody ever looked at them under the light kind of light. light before. And and so they said, because you're the person who discovered them, you you actually get to name these. You get to decide what they're called. And so he thought about it and scratched his head a bit. And then eventually he decided to to call these rocks euprolites. Euprolites are real. They're an actual real thing. Well, when I discovered that euprolites were a real thing, I immediately did two things. The first thing I did was I apologized to Allie. I said, Allie, I am so sorry. I didn't believe you. I should have known that you you would never lie to me. And then the second thing I did was I started planning a trip because, of course, I'm going to go and I'm going to find. I'm going to find myself some Yuper lights. I called up my Uncle Dave, who is a, a little bit of a, a wild and crazy guy and always up for an adventure. And, and also he has a pickup truck that can get down the back roads. And, and we started planning a trip. We got ourselves a couple of, of UB flashlights. And then one, one day we got in his truck and we just started driving north. We didn't know where we wanted to go. We just knew that we wanted to be someplace between Whitefish Point and, and Grand Marais. So we just kept on driving north until we hit the water. And it was about the middle of the night by the time we got to Lake Superior, and we, we got out of the truck, and we got out our, our UV flashlights, and we started walking along the beach, shining those lights on all of the stones. And I was certain that I was going to find a Euprolite, and it wasn't going to take me very long. I figured, how hard can it be to find a rock that glows like it's on fire in, in the middle of the night? But it turns out that it's a lot harder to find a Euprolite than, than you might think it is. In fact, I was walking along that beach for, for an hour, shining my light on those, those, those rocks. I, I walked along that beach for two hours. I walked along that beach for three hours in the middle of the night and all that I found in those three hours was a pain in my neck. By the by the time I had been walking along that beach with my head down for three hours, my my feet were tired and, and my eyes were sore. And finally after three hours of frustrating and fruitless searching I decided that I needed to needed to take a break. So I turned off my UV flashlight and I walked over to the, the edge of the water and I took a deep breath and then I, I did something I hadn't done in the three hours that we were there. For the, the first time in three hours, I, I looked up over the water. And, and what I saw when I looked up over the water just about just about knocked me off my feet. What I saw when I looked up in the sky over Lake Superior was the clearest night sky that I have ever seen in my life. I saw more stars than I have ever seen in a single night sky in, in all of my life. The Milky Way was was blazing like a banner across the heavens. And as I sat there looking up at the the sky and trying to count all of the stars, I became aware of of the sound of the lake. For three hours, I had been too busy looking at the ground and, and trying to find magical stones to, to actually pay any attention to the sound of the lake. But as I looked up at the stars, I suddenly realized that Lake Superior was making all of these noises. The waves would come crashing in and then they would slide back out. And as the waves were sliding back out, you could hear the clickety, clickety, clickety clack of all of those millions of stones falling and tumbling all over each other. And as I was looking up at the stars, and listening to the clickety-clickety-clickety-clack of the stones, I heard another sound. I heard a a sort of a splashing sound right, right at my feet. And so I looked down, and, and this is where the story gets just a little bit unbelievable, but you can ask my Uncle Dave. He was there, and he will tell you that, that, that everything I'm telling you this morning is absolutely true. It all happened just this way. I looked down, and there at my feet was a salmon looking back up at me. It was was a great big lake salmon. It, we didn't know it, but we were right by the mouth of a river where every fall, the Lake Superior salmon swim back to to spawn, and sometimes these salmon, as they're they're swimming back, they'll get a little bit lost and confused, and they'll just flop right up on the beach and that's what happened this this great big lake salmon just flopped on up the rocks until he was lying at my feet and I looked down at him and he he looked up at me and we both just took a minute to to look at each other and then when we'd had a good conversation I used my toe to flip him back in the water and he swam away and that's when I noticed the light as he was swimming away I looked up and I saw a light off on the horizon all the way across the lake and so I said to my uncle Dave I said what what could be over there making that much light what Canadian city could possibly be generating that much light from all the way across Lake Superior and we stood there and looked at the light and tried to call up a map of Canada in our heads to figure out what we were looking at and as we were trying to figure out what city it was the light started to move the light started dancing across the horizon and then it doubled and then those lights doubled. And and the light kept multiplying until there were all of these shimmering green lights dancing across the horizon. And we realized that it wasn't a Canadian city at all. We realized that we were watching a spectacular display of the aurora borealis. And so we just stood there on the beach under the stars, over the water, watching the northern lights dancing across the horizon. And as we were standing there, something something happened. I felt it and, and he felt it. Both of us in that moment suddenly felt overwhelmed and so aware of the presence of God. Have you ever had one of those moments when when time just sort of seemed to to stand still and you completely lost track of of everything but that place where you are? I couldn't tell you if we stood there for a minute or if we stood there for an hour. What I can tell you is that in that moment, in that place, I was as aware of the presence of God as I have ever, ever been in my life. I felt as if every atom of creation was vibrating with the presence and the power of God. I could feel God in the stars and I could feel God in the water and I could feel God in the fish, and I could feel God in Dave standing next to me, and I could feel God in the electrons dancing around in the northern lights. I could feel God in my bones. I could feel, feel the presence of God all around us and within us. And I never did find a Euperlate. We were there all night long walking along that beach, and I never did find one of these magical stones, but that's, that's okay, Because that night as we were there on the beach, I got to do something that we as human beings hardly ever actually do for just one night, for just one moment, however long it lasted. I got to see what was right in front of me. We are so bad, aren't we? We are so very bad at seeing what is right in front of us. We spend so much of our our lives walking along, looking at the ground, trying to find magical stones. And we hardly ever take the time to to look up and see what, see who is right in front of us. We are so bad at seeing what is right in front of us. And maybe that's why Jesus is so frustrated in this morning's gospel reading. In today's gospel reading, we, we catch up with Jesus at the end of what has been a very long day. So in the morning, Jesus was casting out demons and, and then in the afternoon, Jesus was healing the sick and then, and then it came to be dinner time and Jesus looked out over the crowds and he saw that the people were hungry. He saw that many of the people in the crowds hadn't eaten for days and Jesus had compassion for the people and he decided that he was going to feed them himself. And so Jesus fed the crowds with a handful of fish and, and seven loaves of bread. And then when supper was over, Jesus decided to call it today. He was worn out. He was exhausted. As a matter of fact, Jesus, Jesus wanted a little bit of social distancing. He got in a boat, and he started sailing off down, down the lake, trying to find a, a quiet spot of beach where he could tie up the boat and, and have a little bit of quiet time, just him and his father. And finally, he found a place that looked good, and so Jesus pulled in. and He tied up the boat, and for the first time all day long, he, he sat down on a rock and took a load off of his feet, and he took a deep breath, and then he opened his eyes, and suddenly he saw that he was surrounded by these men he was surrounded by men in long dark robes he was surrounded by men with long black beards he was surrounded by these men and these men crowded in on jesus and they started talking to him they started almost shouting at jesus and these men this is what they said to jesus they said jesus we're so glad that we found you they said we are very important religious leaders And we've come from quite a distance to to see you because we, Jesus, we are trying to figure out who you are. We're trying to figure out if you were sent from God. We're trying to figure out what kind of a, a rabbi you are. And Jesus, here's how we'd like to do this. We've heard that you work miracles. We've heard that you can can do signs and wonders. And so Jesus, would it be okay? We would just love for you to do one one little miracle for us right here on the beach. If you could just do one miracle, that would help us decide what we think of you. And, And Jesus, if you get our endorsement, this could be a really big deal for you. So make it a good miracle, Jesus. Just do one miracle for us. And Jesus heard them out, and then he looked at them. And as he's looking at these these men in their long robes, with their long beards, suddenly Jesus snaps. He doesn't lose control. Jesus never loses control. But when Jesus begins to speak, you you can tell that there is emotion in his voice. You can tell that there is, is some anger in his voice. Jesus looks at these religious leaders and he says to them, he says to them, you, you grew up on the lake just like I did. He said, you have learned, just like everybody who lives on the lake has learned, you have learned how to read the waves and you have learned how to read the wind and you have learned how to read the sky. He says, you, you look up at the sky at night and you see that the sky is red and so you say to yourselves, red sky at night. Sailors delight and you know that it's going to be calm. And you get up in the morning, and you look at the sky in the morning, and you see that the sky is red, and you say to yourself, Red sky in the morning. Sailors, take warning, and you know you know that there's going to be a storm. You know that the wind is going to blow. Jesus said, you are so good at reading the sky. You are so good at predicting the weather. You are so good at gathering information and figuring out what is going to happen tomorrow. But you are so very bad at seeing what is right in front of you today. Jesus said, you with your black robes and you with your long beards and you with your checklists and with your commandments, you wouldn't know God if God was standing right in front of you. You want a miracle, Jesus says. Do you know who asks for miracles? Evil and adulterous people ask for miracles. Jesus says, you you want a miracle? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the sign that God sent me to give you. And if that is not enough for you, and that says more about you than it says about me. Now, I'm paraphrasing Jesus here, but only, only just. Jesus, we can hear in his voice. Jesus, we can hear in his words. Jesus is angry. He calls the religious leaders evil and adulterous. Why is Jesus so steamed in this moment? Why is Jesus so cranky? Maybe it's just because it has been a long day and Jesus is tired and he just wants to kick back and watch Netflix. Maybe, maybe Jesus has just been caught in a bad moment. Or maybe... Maybe Jesus is tired of people coming to him with this shallow spirituality. Maybe Jesus is tired of people coming to him who can only see God in signs and wonders and miracles. Maybe Jesus is just longing, just wants to meet a handful of people, to meet a group of people who don't just see God in signs and wonders and miracles, but people who understand that everything is a sign, everything is a wonder, everything is a miracle. All of creation is filled with the love and the power and the presence of God. Shallow spirituality gets on our knees before God. and says, God, give me a miracle, show me a sign, show me a wonder. Deep spirituality is able to find God in a fish. Deep spirituality is able to find God in the stars. Deep spirituality is able to find God in the person sitting next to us. Deep spirituality is able to see God in a carpenter who keeps hugging sick people and eating with sinners. Deep spirituality is what happens when we open our eyes and see that God is right in front of us. We are so very bad at seeing what is right in front of us. But it doesn't have to be that way. These next few weeks, we're all going to have to do something that, that we don't like to do, that we don't naturally do. These next few weeks, all of us are going to have to slow down a bit. We don't have a choice. And maybe in these frustrating moments as we're forced to slow down because we can't do the things that we want to do, maybe we can take this opportunity to do the thing we hardly ever do, which is to look up and see what is right in front of us. It's not hard to do. Here's how you do it. All you have to do is take a deep breath and let go of all the places where you're not. Take a deep breath and let go of all of the things that you're not doing and all the people that you're not with and all of the stuff on your checklist that's going to get just thrown out the window because of this virus that's making its way around the world. Take a deep breath and let go of the frustration and disappointment of canceled events and things that won't happen. Let go of all the places you are not. And then take another deep breath and embrace the place where you are. Wrap your arms around the people who you're with. See what you're seeing. Feel what you're feeling. Hear what you're hearing. Smell what you're smelling. Be in the place where you are. And give thanks to God because God is everywhere and God is in everything. God is right in front of us if only we know how to look. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks because even though some of us are isolated, we know that we are not alone. We know that you are with us in the kitchen. We know that you are with us in the living room. We know that you are with us in the office. We know that you are with us as we are on the road and far away from home. God, there is no place in this world where you cannot find us and where we cannot find you. God, we pray that you would open our eyes to the miracle of everything, God, help us to feel every atom of creation vibrating with your presence. In Jesus we pray. Amen.